Alright, everybody, welcome back to a new episode. Um, if you hear that really annoying noise in the background, that's a fan. It's, I'm gonna try to lower it. Alright, that seems better. Um, it's insanely hot this week. Um, you know, summer's coming, so. Uh, you have to get ready for it. So, we're going to talk about the order of the world. The way that... We're going to go into Old Testament for this. Um, so, if everybody wants to, you know, open up your Bible and stuff, you can look into the book of Job. Now, here is a... Um, before we start, we're going to um, get into a little bit of philosophy here. Um, if anybody knows who... Um, the philosopher Epicurus is. Um, he was basically a Greek philosopher um, around uh, 270 to 350 uh, BC. And um, he was a, um, a philosopher that really, really tried to push things against God, saying that, you know, God does allow suffering, and he, if he is all-loving, why does he not do anything about it? And a lot of people, they seem to not understand the, the purpose of God, you know. Um, in, in that sense, God does um, allow things to happen, but he also allows it to happen for another reason. Um, Epicurus said, If God is willing to prevent evil but not able, then he is not omnipotent. If he is able but not willing, then he is malevolent. If he is able and willing, then once cometh evil, is he neither able nor willing, then why call him God? So, Epicurus had this... Um, this idea of God that's basically um, he, he looked at God as maybe as like a lazy or not um, active God or he's not all powerful um, there is a, um, a a quote from a movie um And um, the quote goes, um, uh, if God is all powerful, then he can't be all good, you know? Um, um, basically, it was in uh, the movie. Um, Batman versus Superman. If any of you have seen it, um, it was the um, the Zack Snyder one, the one with Martha. A lot of people didn't like. Um, the thing is, as he says, the problem of evil in the world is. The problem of absolute virtue, the problem of you on top of everything else, you above all, that's what God is. See, what we call God depends on our tribe. God is tribal. God takes sides. Um, 
if God is all-powerful, he cannot be all-good. And if God is all-good, then he cannot be all-powerful. Um, so, in, in that context, you have to also understand that Epicurus, he had this vision of God being evil because he sees all this bad stuff happen in the world but what he's not understanding is from the time of the <clears throat> from the time of genesis and the garden of eden bad things have happened and it wasn't based on god it was based on people on what we have done so and there has been many many biblical verses of what god has done to stop it but a lot of it is overlooked. Uh, a good verse in there is when we look into the book of Exodus, where God sends Moses to um, go into uh, Egypt and basically fight the Pharaoh, who basically he considered a brother at the time. And he had, you know, the Pharaoh wouldn't listen to reason. He hardened his heart and wouldn't listen that there is any god that's more powerful than him. And eventually it took the life of his firstborn kid. And Moses warned him every time. He said, my god is going to do this. My god is going to do this. My god is going to do this. And, uh, and Pharaoh didn't listen. So Epicurus, he, he makes this statement. But what he's not understanding is people have their own will, their own free will and their free beings. And this is what led to um, Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what has led to when Elijah, you know, destroyed, um, or Elijah called God to destroy armies of 50 people. Um, you can even see uh, Jesus being um, a Jewish person. He followed Jewish tradition and Jewish, Jewish law. He even said, I haven't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And the, um, the uh, Pharisees didn't agree with him, so they wanted him to be crucified. They wanted his message to be destroyed. And... Um, you know, so so that is one of the biggest influential things that you guys got to understand is God. God wanted us all to be on the right path, but we all strayed. You know, as it says in the Bible, we have all fallen short of the um, glory of God. Um. So, in Hobbes' Leviathan, um, it says, Subjects of God are to honor God's existence as it is impossible to honor that which does not exist. God must be understood as the cause of the world and all things in it. To deny creation of the world and to claim God has existed eternally is also to deny God. Similarly, to ease one's fear and love of God is to dishonor God. As fear and love are central to honor, it is 
also a dishonor to claim God as finite in any way. If it is possible to attribute more to God, it should always be done finite, implies can be, um, implies more can be attributed. Now that's from Hobbes Leviathan, um, but let's get back down to um, Job. Now, for those people that are familiar with the book of Job, um, Job went through some stuff, a lot of stuff. A lot of us think we have it hard today with our electricity, my fan blowing on me on a nice hot day with a refrigerator so I can get glasses of cold water or, you know, whatever drink I want. You know, a phone that I can text anybody from around the world. Um, video games and television. I mean, it, it's a l really hard today compared to what it was back then, huh? Now, jo uh, Job had this very, very um, beautiful life. You know, he, he came from the land of, um, I think it was Uz or Uz. Um, I think it was us, but I think it, in, in today's time it was around Saudi Arabia and um, a, a big thing that people um, have to understand like Saudi Arabia um, this is also Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible even though it's put somewhere in the center of the Bible it's actually written and been identified as one of the oldest books in the entire Bible. Um, so, So, as we uh, continue with Job, um, basically as we, we look into it, um, it states in um, uh, Job 5, um, when, the, when Job was feasting, um, he offered burnt offerings for people, um, you know, well, the, see, said, and in verse 5 says, uh, and Job sent and sac uh, sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job uh, continually. So, in other words, he, he basically tried to pray for, you know, other people you know, for his sons and everything. Um, and like I said, Job was dated to be around um, 2000, uh, upwards of 2000 BC, this, uh, this book was written. Um, and, uh, you know, it states that uh, Job was basically upright and perfect you know he was he was a man of god and um then all of a sudden and as you see in verse six 
now there was the day, was a day when the sons of God came pr to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So, you're saying that the sons of God, the, the fallen angels, that I assume that was from um, Genesis 6, um, basically came over and they're like, hey God, um, what's up? You know, and God, and God was just basically like, uh, "Whence comest thou? Like, when did you come here?" And Satan's like, to the Lord, uh, answered to uh, to God, he's like, "I'm going to and from in the earth. You know, I'm walking up and down in it." It's like, yeah, this is this place is kind of cool. I like being around here. <clears throat> and then uh, the Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job?" Um, that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that has feareth God and equish evil. Um, and Satan answered the Lord and said, Job, uh, Job fears God for not, you know. And, um, Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, so, you know, basically, uh, Satan was saying, Job fears you for nothing. Have you not made a henge around him, around his household, and all that on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and increased in his land. But it stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and surely will be cursed you to to your face you know he's basically saying that you know job is gonna get mad if you take out anything that he has and the lord said to satan behold all that he has is in your power only do not lay a hand on his on his person so basically he's saying Go ahead, you take whatever you want away from him, and um, just don't touch Job. I want him on earth, but everybody, you know, anything around him, you have, you can do what you want. So basically, in that one verse, we're seeing Satan basically taking over for God in doing the bad things that happened. You know? And then, as it comes... Um, it says in verse 13 that they were drinking, um, they're basically eating and drinking, and then a messenger came saying the ox, uh, oxen that were plowing the fields, the donkeys, um, everything just got killed. And another person said the fire from God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And then another guy comes over and he's like three bands raided the camels took them away killed your servants uh with the edge of a sword and i alone has escaped to tell you you know so all these people are coming to him and they're like uh yeah they took all this stuff this stuff this stuff people died god threw a bunch of fire on you know now you have to realize that you know in the book of um i think it's in the book of kings elijah 
basically had these people that came, um, came over to him, like an army of 50 people, to, you know, and I think it happened twice. And Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, have him cast fire down upon you. And God did it twice, you know. And so when you see the fire from God fell from heaven and burned everything up, then, you know, you're, you're probably really, really scared. And then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I come from my mother's womb, naked I shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all Job did not sin, you know. So he didn't do anything wrong, Job, in that matter. And he continues. And then Satan goes forward and attacks Job's health, you know. Um, and so Satan basically goes into um, 2 verse 4 and says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. And yes, all man that he... Um, has he will give it for his life, but stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he'll search. Surely he curse you. And then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, your hand, but spare his life. So Satan basically is like, Okay. So, and then, and then it says in verse 7, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and it took himself a potsherd um, with which to scrape himself, which he sat in the midst of ashes. So as we look forward there, you know, we we see that, you know, Satan again did it, you know, and Job still, you know, and his wife even said, do you hold fast to your integrity, curse God and die, and uh, so his wife is basically saying, curse God, you know, and he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? Shall we not accept the uh, adversity? And all this, Job, Job did not sin with his lips. So again, Job stood upright and was like, no, it's not God's fault. You know, he goes, whatever I did, I must have done something wrong. But the, again, this is all Satan's work. Satan's going to God, saying, I can turn your own servant against you. And we see this again in the New Testament when Satan tempts Jesus. Satan goes to Jesus and he offer he tempts him three times after a 40-day fast. Now, after that 40 days, you know, you you must be starving and thirsty, you know, and as it comes down to it, you know, when you look at how um, Jesus basically gave all his glory to God and everything to God. Um, Job never once denied God. He never once gave up his, you know, love for his Lord. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus gave all his glory to God. And again, Job 
was in Saudi Arabia, assuming the, the timeline um, is correct. So he came around from present-day Saudi Arabia um, from his land. Um, you know, and even Job's friends, um, he had three friends that he kept talking to, and they kept saying, you're sinning. You did a sin. You know, you need to stop sinning. And, you know, Job curses the day he was born, comparing life and death to light and darkness. He wishes his birth um, never happened, you know. They all agree that Job must have committed something evil to offend God's justice and argue. Um, And even, you know, Job remarks saying that you guys are worthless physicians, you know, you whitewash um, with lies, you know, and um, he basically continued um, that uh, his friends are like offended that he's that there's he scorns their wisdom he's like i didn't do anything bad but i i hate the re i hate being born and there's been many many times that i've felt the same way um where i didn't want to be born and i feel like my existence shouldn't be there there's certain times where i wish i would die you know i'm not saying that i wish i was dead but there's times where i feel depressed um, you know, so we have it that Job had, you know, about 10 children, everything was taken away from him, his money, his health, his, you know, his wealth, um, a mighty wind for, uh, swept from the desert to destroy his house where all his children were gathered, killing them all. And after all of this, you know, where he goes to comfort from his friends, his friends are saying, you know, you did something to God. You need to, you know, you need to fix this, you know. And Job continues to stand upright for the Lord. You know, he, he stands firmly with God's presence and as we go to um, the book of Job um, 38, I believe. Let me just pull it up real quick. Yeah, so um, 38. I, um, in book, uh, Job's response to the character of God is, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. This is that hides counsel without knowledge. Therefore, I have uttered what I do, did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. 
And after that, Job was blessed by the reminder of God's character, and he was further blessed that the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as what he had before. Um, his brothers and sisters and other friends gathered around him to comfort him in Job 42, verse 11. And God restores um, Job's fortune with 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and uh, 1,000 female donkeys. And God restored Job's family with seven sons, three daughters, and four generations of grandchildren. And then Job died an old man. Um, essentially, what people need to get from this book is that there are a lot of bad things that are going to happen in this world, you know? Um, you, you can literally see everything bad that has happened um, throughout the entire Old Testament. And the New Testament, you can see a lot of the struggles that people have dealt with. And then you look into the world today, you look at the news about the wars... You look into um, everything that seems to be concluded with evidence that not everybody has, you know, a, a perfect life, you know. People are having issues with money, they're struggling, there's homeless people, there's people losing jobs. Um, you know, you had this whole coronavirus for a year thing that people were, you know, flipping out about. <clears throat> and as we all look at it, we're all like, all right, we had coronavirus. God can't be good. Why would he allow this to happen? Well, it has happened numerous times throughout all of human history. God lets the world operate naturally. He has a natural order, and while the world has order and beauty to it, it also has a dangerous side to it. We will never know why we suffer and go through the things that we do. Why we have pain and grief and, you know, strife and anger and hatred. But if you trust God, you'll know where you're going with all of this. You'll know why... Um, you, you won't even need a reason why. You'll know that as long as you're following God, that eventually in time, during God's will, you will have a revelation that will answer your call. And I don't mean that you're going to be wealthy, and I don't mean you're going to be rich, and I'm, I don't mean anything like that. I mean there's going to be a time where you are going to be okay. You might not be rich, you might not have 5,000 donkeys or oxen or anything like that that Job got. But your life will balance out. The more you live for God, the more your life will balance out. And people need to understand that. Just because Epicurus states that God is evil doesn't mean God is evil. Just because God doesn't want to act in this world doesn't mean that he never has. He has many times. Um, see, for example, Epicurus said another thing. Um, give me one second here. 
so Epicurus said another thing. Um, according um, from what I understand, he said, If God listened to the prayers of men, all men would quickly have perished, for there are forever praying for evil against one another. Right there, Epicurus um, kind of contradicts himself in a sense, because... Even though Epicurus is stating something that relates to God in prayer, he's not exactly right on with the concept of it. He's saying, if God answered prayers, everybody would be dead. Well, that's why God doesn't allow all things to happen. You know, God doesn't answer certain prayers he doesn't he doesn't want to answer specific prayers if we all prayed for our enemies to be dead then the united states would be gone russia would be gone china would be gone you know all these major ones you know israel um uh, iran all the uh you know, anybody that was Christian, anybody that was Muslim, anybody that was of any kind of religion that they don't like, you know, it would, they would all be taken. This is one of the reasons why uh, Jesus stated, um, you know, to love everybody as you loved yourself, or as I have loved you, you know. Jesus took all the sins, or the, he gathered a group of sinners and would hang out with them regularly like a normal person kind of like how we do today the difference is Jesus didn't sin he could distance himself from sin he could stand away from it but also be included and it takes a very very strong-willed person to go into situations like that to sit with people um this is a true story i don't mean to go you know into personal stuff but there's um there's this time where i was with one of my friends when i was younger we were playing video games um this is when we're in high school and um i got invited to a party so I asked if my friend could come. They're like, okay. So we go to the party, and the, it was at an apartment complex where, um, and we go up to, the, you know, into the hallway, up the stairs, and we're seeing there's a guy passed out right by the door. We go in. There's people throwing up off the balcony. You have people, you know, sitting there. Um, they had alcohol, everybody was smoking uh, weed and everything, and I have never smoked weed once in my life. Honest to God, swear it. I've never tried it in my life, um, so I don't know the benefits or the repercussions of it. I've never tried it. Um, nor do I drink alcohol. Um, and, um, so when it came down to it, I'm sitting there, and, yeah, I don't want to smoke, I don't want to drink, they had a gun on the table, and I'm just thinking of all the different circumstances that could happen with these people throwing up off a balcony, um, passing out in the middle of the hallway, you know, bef right before their door and everything, so it got to a point where, um, 
when I left the, their house, I didn't want to go back. But my friend kept going. And there's a quote in the Bible that says, um, uh, bad company ruins good morals. And that is a case with my friend. My friend um, changed when he hung out with them. He became more arrogant. He became more cocky. He would drink all the time. And it became kind of an outlet for him. And he changed. Surely enough, he got a girlfriend and everything went downhill for him. Everything. His parents were, you know, upset with him. Uh, I didn't want to hang out with him anymore at that point because of the way he was acting. But he called me and I let him come over and we talked. We found out a bunch of things that I, I don't need to get into about, you know, his ex. And it, it ended up leading to him becoming more prosperous in the end. He became more level-headed. He stopped doing the bad things he was doing, uh, turned away from the sin, and started flourishing in a better light. And now he's doing very well. You know, he has his own um, condo. Um, he, um, you know, has a daughter now. Um, he's engaged. Uh, he's making decent money. So, and I'm going to tell you this. Job, like I said, where it was most likely around where Oz was or Ooze or whatever it's called, um, he was most likely around the Saudi Arabia area. And God looked at him. He was probably he probably wasn't even an Israelite, you know. He Job was outside the the ranks of being an Israelite or a Jewish person. And um but he still honored the traditions, he gave sacrifices to God. Um, this is all in Old Testament, so, and with all of that that Job has done, God rewarded him. God gave him everything back, you know, he's like, okay, I am sorry that Satan did all this to you, um, you know, this was a horrible, horrible thing that happened, but this was, you know, me and Satan made a bet, and I won the bet, so here's all your winnings, you know, um, and that's kind of like a, a dumb way to put it, but it's essentially what kind of happened with Job, and you know, you, you can always confess your sins to God, you're always supposed to, you know, and at that time, there wasn't a mediator between God and men, it was straight to God, and now, you know, that we had Jesus come into play, you know, where he takes the role, you know, for God, and then once you go through Jesus, you can reach the Father, um, makes it a little easier for us to get rid of our sins, um, by repentance, you know, 
And in that case, I urge you all, you know, to pray, not just for Israel, but for every person going through the the hardships that they're going through right now. You know, um, Israel has a sense where they're kind of going into like a, a war right now. It's what it seems like. Um, the Palestinians are, you know, getting hit pretty hard too. And I'm not saying just pray for Israel. I'm saying pray for both sides so they can both be at peace. Um, you know, you're supposed to love thy enemy. Um, you know, love thy neighbor and everything. And it's just, it's, it's very, very hard for both sides, you know. And I, I'm probably going to get ridiculed for this, but... Uh, I don't believe that Jesus would want us to be killing each other, regardless of, you know, which side we, uh, we favor. You know, it does say to bless Israel, and I do believe in blessing Israel. I, you know, bless Israel as much as I can. Um, I pray for Israel every night. Um, but... I also pray that the Palestinians don't, you know, go through a lot of harm either, because I want God to, you know, make peace of everything. Um, I'm not a prophet, I can't prophesy end times, but if this war escalates any further, I do feel it could get to the point where there's going to be things that might happen that we will never understand or can explain. And everything will be noted into the Bible for us to read, follow, and understand. And we need to live for the Lord. So, if any of you are ready to repent for your sins and take the sinner's prayer... Um, I'm going to have that into the uh, the cast notes. You guys can look in there and click on it and take you straight to the sinner's prayer. You recite the prayer and um, you'll be um, put into the book of life and welcomed into heaven. Um, if you um, have a church you go to or if you want to get baptized, um, you know, you can find... Uh, a minister or a pastor or a church to baptize you um, and aside from all that you know, I hope everybody has a blessed day I hope all of you um, you know live accurately and have blessed lives and I do hope that the book of Job was a eye-opening experience to you that you know that God isn't evil. Satan does bad things to people, and that is a good example for God to test our will and our uh, determination for God. You know, that we don't curse God, that we love God and we understand that 
it's not his fault. It's not... God can see everything that's going to happen. But he's not going to just stop the order all of a sudden just because, you know, certain things are occurring. And aside from all that, God bless you all, and I will see you next week.